Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to Sky Sports Radio's On The Pace here on a Monday morning. Michael Gearan joining you after an epic weekend. Congratulations to everybody involved with the Everest, to Joe Pride and Sam Clipperton and all the team there with the winner and, of course, to the ATC and Racing New South Wales. It was also a big week for harness racing. They had the Victoria Cup Derby and Oaks out of Melton on Saturday night and a very strong meeting at Menangle. So that's what we're going to focus on for the next 25 minutes or so as the Breeders' Challenge series starts to get very serious in New South Wales. We'll talk to David Watson later about what races are to come, the key dates and the makeup of the series. But one of the most exciting horses in Australia and unbeaten so far and the favourite for the two-year-old pacing Phillies Breeders' Challenge is Lux Aturna. If you're not a harness racing fan, you may not have heard of her. She's had eight attempts, she's had eight wins, and Ricky Elchin is her trainer driver. Good morning to you, Ricky, mate. Thank you for joining us. No worries. How are you, mate? Look, I'm well. Uh, I'm not sure I've seen many better two-year-old fillies floating around New South Wales than Luxa Turner over the last decade or so. I know often, Ricky, some of these early fillies can go, and it's just physical maturity, but she seems to have the complete game, speed, manners, gait, and everything you would want in a good filly. Yeah, that's exactly right. She is. She's everything you'd want in, in, in a good filly and a good young horse. Um, she's just got such a good temperament and she's such a good racehorse. Let's talk about the fact that we have a split juvenile season these days. So they start racing back in February. They race through the gold tiara for her in March, then you've got to back off them and go again for all of the rich races, including the Breeders' Challenge at the back end of the season. I've seen, Ricky, sometimes the best March juvenile isn't the best October juvenile. Were there any concerns about that with her, or did she have that strength to carry that form forward? Yeah, look, she definitely got the strength. Um, you know, you like I've said um, to you before on radio about natural two-year-olds, some of them just get up and go and, um, you know, they're good gated, they've got good manners and, and they don't really go on with it. That's just what they are. But she she isn't one of them. She's, you know, she's the real deal. Um, you know, it obviously gets harder from here, Mick, as the series goes and as the, then the breeders crown. But, you know, we're, we're very happy to have her in our stable and um, I wouldn't swap her for anything. She's by Captain Treacherous, who is now clearly the, the leading in vogue stallion in this part of the world. Um, I've only seen her a couple of times on television, and it's quite hard to work out exactly what they look like because you have no obvious comparison on size. A lot of the Captain T's are quite big and strong, racy type of horses. You have others like in Cypher who aren't. What type is she, Luxatoria? Oh, she... She's a beautiful filly, Mick. Um, you know, she's very scopy. She's got a good long barrel. She's got a lot of leg under her. She's, um, 
you know, she she's nothing flashy. Like she's quite plain, um, bay filly, but she's you know she's the right build for a young horse, and it's you know she's very clean. Her confirmation's you know near perfect. Um, you know, if you actually, um, this might sound a little bit silly, but if you put a photo of Winks up and then put her beside it, there are a lot of similarities there. She's the same colour. She's you know just yeah, she's quite laid back. Very good. Well, she's a better two-year-old than Winks. I'll give you that much. Um, she's owned by the Alpha Spina Propriety Limited. Um, they were part breeders of the horse. Not a name we've seen a lot with the superstar horses. Tell us about how this horse went through the breeding and then into being in the sole ownership and how many horses the La Spina family have with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Alpha and Rosario raced the mother, the arch nemesis, and uh, she had a few trainers throughout her career. I don't know, David Wilkins actually won a few races with her. Um, and then she went on to to go to stud, and she threw horses like Captain Crusader, Crunch Time, um, and now this filly. Uh, she went through the ring during the nutrient sale race, and um, I'd looked at her early days, and I'd sort of said to Alf, you know, there's so much to like about this filly and, you know, if you can, you should be buying her back and um, I think she got the 70 or 75,000 in the ring, so I'm not sure how um, they, they split that money between them, but that's what she went for and, yeah, that's that's how we've got her and she's still here and, yeah, she turned out to, to be quite a good filly. Well, it's been a very fast and contemporary family for you. There seem to be horses that you agree with, they like your training style, and they seem to be well suited to that getting up on the speed, modern way of racing. Yeah, that's, they've all been different, actually. Um, Crunchline was a real handful. Um, he, he had no manners at all, but had speed, and I think he, you know, his adrenaline, and he that took him a long way, because he, he'd sort of near run on fear, and he could run quick fractions, where Captain Crusader had this filly's um, attitude and temperament, but probably wasn't as well conformed um so each one's been different but she's obviously leaving the ability with them because it it doesn't seem no matter what they buy out of that family they just get up and go let's talk about what happens next you have won a semi-final in fact you've won every race you've been in with luxaturna um just for our listeners who who don't follow the harness when is the final and then after that you mentioned the Breeders' Crown, which, of course, is in Victoria. So she's been there successfully before. Uh, is she the type of horse who, who's going to cop going back again this late in the season? Yeah, the the final's on the 29th. It's actually um, a Sunday meeting, and the Menangle have got a family fun day on, which is a, a really good concept. Um, you know, uh, pro- providing the weather's good, it should be a great day's racing. There's some quality horses there. So that, that's her next assignment. It, the Breeders' Challenge is drawn out a long time. I probably don't 100% agree with it, but that's the cards we've been dealt. Um, and then from there, yeah, she will go to Melbourne at this stage. And Look, I'm sure she'll handle it, just depending on how the next two runs go. Ricky, you're driving this horse yourself at the moment, and, and you obviously have driven her perfectly. She's never been beaten. But in the past, you have used other drivers, and then sometimes you choose to drive yourself. How do you go about making those decisions? Um, usually once the field come out and the barrier draws come out, if I think I can lead, I'll probably drive them because it doesn't take a lot of thinking. 
But, yeah, um, look, going forward into the bigger races, uh, particularly down in Melbourne, I I don't generally drive down there that much. We, we may consider um, putting a, a local driver on down there, but that's something I haven't even spoke about yet. All right, you are known um, as one of the preeminent trainers of young horses in Australasia. Have you now settled into the way of doing things with this new, what I effectively call a split season for, for our Gallops and Greyhound listeners? The harness racing season starts January 1, finishes December 30th, and we, we pretty much have a big break during the middle. So have you got your head around, Ricky, what sort of horses suit that and how you bring them up, let them down, then bring them up again? Yeah, look, we are getting used to it. I actually quite like it because one one thing is you don't have to have them up and going as early, like when our season used to start, um, 1st of September. You know, you, you were racing... Um, you know, just before Christmas and things like that. Whereas now your, your two-year-old season or your two-year-old races don't generally start to stand up until mid-February. Um, so, yeah, you, you go through that. And we've sort of, our program is, you know, you have your carnival here and in February and then you have your Bathurst carnival and then we like to go to Queensland for the winter and then you come back to New South Wales and you've got your Breeders' Challenge and then you, you head down to Melbourne for your Breeders' Crown. So... You know, it, it is quite a busy season, but you do, you know, you know when to stop and when to start with them, and that's something we've worked out, and we're going to continue to go down that line. Mate, you, you're racing tomorrow at uh, Menangle, the Tuesday afternoon meeting. You've got a filly in the first called Tougher, who I thought was a pretty nice horse last campaign. I thought she might have needed to, to get tough. I thought she might have needed to strengthen up a touch. What do we expect from her tomorrow? Yeah, look, she's... I thought she was quite um, quite well above average just for the early days and we put her out, but she, she probably hasn't improved as much as I'd like just yet. Um, her trial last week was okay without being brilliant. Um, she's still quite quite big in condition, so you know I'm not expecting too much tomorrow, but I'm hoping in time she will um, just strengthen up a little bit and, and be able to do a nice job for the connection. Ricky, in race four tomorrow, you've got a horse called Caster Semenya after the great athlete. It's been beaten at Penrith recently, but it actually finds itself, I thought, in not too strong or intimidating a type race tomorrow at Menangle. How would you expect it to go on the fourth? Yeah, she's an honest mare. Her, her runs at Penrith have been quite good. Um, she has won at Menangle previously, and if she's on the speed tomorrow, you know, um, she should be there roundabout. She's definitely not a good thing, but she'll, um, you know, she won't disappoint. You're driving a horse called, oh, sorry, you train now, and Will Rickson's driving a horse called Lizzie's Legacy in the fifth on the card. Always hard to work out how these horses uh, who race in Victoria are going to adapt to Menangle. How do you think Lizzie will cop it? Um, it'll be up to Lizzie. She's got a bit of a mind of her own. Uh, if she can settle in, in racing, she, she'll definitely be running home, but she's got a tendency to over-race a little bit. Um, I'm just hoping tomorrow she can relax and, and find a position early in a helmet and be running home. If she doesn't, she won't be here long. <laughs> Mate, um, over the last couple of years on the show, we've had a chance to talk to you about your, your wonderful trotter, Tough Monarch. Um, I, just he just for our listeners who haven't heard, I take it he's been retired and he's he's living the life of Riley. Yeah, he is. He's he's now. He's actually turned back up in the stables this week to to get ready for a show preparation. There's a 
a show on at Menangal in November and um, one of the girls that works here and does the boxes, she, she's going to get him ready and take him over into the lead standard bread class. So, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's enjoying retirement. It'll be good to have him, you know, close by again and hopefully he can do a job in the show ring like he did on the racetrack. Well, the, one of the most successful horses in Menangle history. Um, let's hope he can enjoy his new life. I'm sure he's been spoiled and looked after. He might need to get some of the fat off his belly, Ricky, after being <laughs> maybe too well looked after in retirement. Mate, thank you for joining us today. Good luck tomorrow, but most importantly, good luck over the next month and a half with Luxa Turner because she's a very special filly. And uh, we're looking forward to hopefully her remaining unbeaten for the rest of 2023. Yep, no worries, Mick. Thank you. Ricky Elchin, who does a fantastic job with his young horses, and Luxa Turner, I don't get carried away with two-year-old fillies, but she is obviously very, very good, very professional, very proficient, and just fast, and from a fast breed. She will be at that Breeders' Challenge Finals Day on the 29th, as you heard, coming up on a Sunday We'll talk to David Wonson from Menangle about that shortly. Now, just racing today, we're going to try and get hold of Cam Hart, if we can. We've been bothering him a bit on Mondays recently, but we're going to bother him again because we're actually racing today at Penrith. Now, that's incredibly rare that Penrith are racing today. They're usually a Thursday nightclub, uh, kicking off at nine minutes past two. So there's seven races at Penrith today. All of those odds available on tab.com.au if you feel like a harness racing bet. So, yeah, Penrith today, which is very unusual. For the remainder of the week, we have Menangle tomorrow as well as Young, and then the usual Bathurst meeting on Wednesday night. So, yeah, a rarity to have racing at Penrith on a Monday. Cam Hart is heading there. We'll try and get his thoughts on a couple of his drives. But what we'll do first is go to David Watson because he is being put in charge of this new meeting, which is the Sunday Breeders' Challenge meeting. Wano is the racing boss from Club Menangle. Good morning to you, Wano. How are you, mate? Hey, mate. Good. Just got glad caught to... in the wind. <laughs> glad, glad to hear you're doing well. Hey, um, talk to us about this Breeders' Challenge meeting because the series has been producing lots of good horses and as Ricky said, it's been going on for a while. But the final, not our traditional Menangle Saturday night, it's going to be on a Sunday, so not the Sunday, the week after. What's the reasoning behind a Sunday Breeders' Challenge finals day? Well, originally they were on a Sunday, Mick. Um, when we started this a number of years ago, it was a Sunday family fun day. Uh, the last few years, we've gone back to the traditional Saturday nights. Harness Racing New South Wales and Plumman Angle had a meeting about this. Um, look, in all honesty, the meeting probably lost its place a little bit on the Saturday nights. With that traditional Sunday meeting, it was also part of the Fisher's Ghost Carnival here in Campbelltown. Really big carnival, and the town gets right behind it. So we do get extra exposure into the town as well. It becomes part of the festival on the Sunday afternoon. So it's a family fun day, 10 great races. Uh, as you alluded to, some of these semi-finals are shaping up as fantastic events, which will lead into the finals on that day. Um, big family fun day. We're trying to back on the success of the Eureka and what that did for us. So, And we've got a lot of traction already um, from people getting onto our website and looking at the events that are happening here. So 
yeah, it's all about bringing the families and the carnival atmosphere back to here to Menangle. What does a family fun day mean for people who are listening to this, who may have children or who may have a Sunday afternoon off work and want to pop along? Is it a case that there's the rides and the, 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 you know, the farm animals and all that sort of fun stuff and the face painting for the kids? But if someone's listening to this who likes a bet and likes a beer, what sort of options do they have for a day like that? Yeah, look, the Sunday afternoon does lead into that really good. Um, it's free entry, as we have here at Menangle on these big events. All the facilities are open, all the um, events. We've got the Miracle Mile Restaurant. Uh, we have the marquees that are open. We have the outdoor bar area, which has been really successful, which was a huge success here at Eureka Night. Um, that's something to um, be involved with. So, yeah, look... It, the place really lends itself to a Sunday afternoon, and like you've, you know, with all the family rides, it's all free. All the events are free here: petting zoos, a face painting, the fairy floss, the giant slides. Uh, you name it. There's about six or seven different attractions that can bring the families along. But the racing's a really important part. Um, with all the finals of the Breeders' Challenge, the Group Ones of the two and three-year-olds, the four-year-olds will be fantastic events. We have a new race here: the Battle of Bathsheba, over the mile and a half, a fifty thousand dollar open free for all it replaces the Lensmith mile which has moved to the eureka night i'm sure that'll get plenty of traction with that race too it gets a golden ticket into the inner dominion this year so i'm sure all the local trainers and maybe the interstate trainers that are bordering on that you know maybe 30 36 position should be highlighting that event because it gets a golden ticket into the inner dominion at albion park this year Wano, obviously, as we saw on Saturday at Randwick, the gallops are a gigantic Saturday afternoon animal and they, they take all the oxygen out of the punting market. So obviously you can't race Saturday afternoon. How does Sunday afternoon go for harness racing? Once you have these meetings, do you find the turnover or your prediction will take would be better for a Sunday afternoon where there's not as much noise or do you think the turnover will be better on a Saturday night when there can be, by 6 or 7 o'clock, a fair bit of punter fatigue coming in? Yeah, look, interesting point, Nick. Once upon a time, Sunday afternoons were, were massive for harness racing. It lost a little bit there because with um, the product, it's just wall-to-wall racing. You sort of, um, well, I'm not saying you lose your position, but with wall-to-wall racing, if you're a little bit behind, which you know, occasionally harness racing can be. You, you lose that Sky 1 coverage, uh, which is unfortunate. You need those lead-ins. The Sunday time slots, though, there seems to be a bit of room, a bit of wiggle room there between the races this year. So if we can get those lead-in times, the racing's a, a great product. The fields will be fantastic. Um, we haven't really gone... We haven't been on a Sunday afternoon with a really feature race meeting for some time in New South Wales. So it'd be really interesting to see how that plays. We know the last couple of Saturday nights Breeders' Challenge finals have been fantastic turnover. But, as you know, in the entertainment industry, you've got to try stuff. So we're going back to what once worked and seeing if it works again on the Sunday afternoon. Talk about working. Um, One thing that did work on Saturday night at Menangle was Swayze. Um, He's a horse who's just come out of nowhere, has been a Group 1 winner over League to Fame, and he's now second favourite for the New Zealand Cup. Uh, I thought... Wano, he was, was very, very good on Saturday night, um, coming out of Menangle, and he's a horse who just seems to be getting better every time I see him. Well, to put it in perspective, uh, the Victoria Cup and the, the Les Champ Free for All were over a very similar distance 
on Saturday night, and um, he went faster than the Victoria Cup. Didn't have to, but he did. 152.4 mile rate. I think it was a second outside the world record over 2,300. That says something, doesn't it? And, like, they were nice free-for-allers in that race. No superstars, but they were nice horses. And the margins were 7 metres by 17 metres by 27 metres by 40 metres. These horses have been winning on Saturday nights. They're just incredible. Um, he seemed to be struggling a little bit around the turn, but Jack just, um, Jack Trainer, the driver, just switched into another gear, heading down along the Nangle Strait. Just an incredible run. Um, I think there was four quarters in 27-something um, during the event. Just amazing run. So, yeah, look, as we know, that luck um, or what he's been able to do the last couple of years, Jason, in turning these horses around that have always had plenty of ability, but he's been able to tap back into that ability and bring the best out of them. You, you want to be on your game uh, going in that New Zealand Cup because I don't think the distance is kind of scary. Just talking about New Zealand Cups, um, sad news coming out of New Zealand overnight. A, a guy you would have known well who, who had enormous success, and not so much at Menangle, but of course at Harold Park. Ian Dobson passed away. Not sure if you knew that, Tom, oh. but... Ian no, Dobson, who was, was the owner of the great Christian Cullen. Now, Ian also owned a horse called Mainland Banner, and he owns the favourite for the New Zealand Cup in Akuta. Um, when you think of Christian Cullen, I know it was 20, 20-something years ago, Wano, but one of the great horses of all time. And yes, Ian, um, who had been a little bit ill, um, he passed away last night. So when you hear Christian Cullen and Ian Dobson, you think of... Sadly, the late Danny Campbell, who drove him to win the Miracle Mile, Danny was killed in a horse accident, yeah. and trained by Brian O'Meara. Um, it's a lot of memories from another era, but in, in an era which was very special for Sydney harness racing before Menangle was a big thing. Yeah, look, my initial, when I first started at Harold Park, I got to know Dobbo, and he was just such an affable guy. Everything was pretty easy going. Yeah, you know, he was great to have, I remember, in the owner's room and the director's room. You know, he always greeted you with a smile, a handshake. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. That's really sad. I'm sure that'll, yeah, that'll be hanging over the New Zealand Cup because, as you know, well, you just pointed out, he's played an integral part, especially in 20, 15, 20 years ago. He was um, the number one man there, wasn't he? Well, when he, in his in his memory and in his, his estate, will be racing Akuta, who's the favourite for the Cup this year, up against Swayze. So, hey, Wano, thanks for updating us. For people who would like to go to the Sunday afternoon meeting and want to pop along to Menangle. Um, how do they get more information about what they can do with the kids, how they can go themselves, or, or what it's all about? I head to the Club Menangle website. Um, it's all available there, but gates open at 11.30. First race is quarter past 12. The attractions, all the free rides and all that start at 12 o'clock, so get here early. Uh, as we know here in Sydney at the moment, we're going through a bit of a dry spell. The weather's fantastic. I'm sure it's going to be on Sunday the 29th. But just get to that website. They'll have all the train times, a few extra trains. We're looking at providing a few buses as well from Campbelltown in the centre of town there. So, please, it's going to be plenty of transport, and we look forward to having you all here on that Sunday. Wano, thanks for your time. Looking forward to uh, to that super meeting coming up Sunday week out of Menangle Breeders' Challenge Day. Thanks, Mick. David Watson from Club Menangle. We're still going to try and get hold of Cameron Harper. We are running out of time um, just to try and get a couple of winners for Penrith today. Um, it's been a busy weekend for him. Unfortunately, Cam's going to need to, at some stage, do some work and have some sleep. He had to head to Melton on Saturday night where, hi, my name is Jeff, um, didn't produce his best for the Grimson and 
heart combination uh, in the Victoria Cup. The Victoria Cup won by Jody Quinlan, driver and trainer Emma Stewart with Act Now. Uh, Emma also trained the winners of the Oaks and the Derby. So another stunning night for Emma. And of course, she's had a lot of success coming to Menangle. So just on Swayze, who won there at Menangle on Saturday night, he's second favourite for the New Zealand Cup. That's the second Tuesday in November, the one after Melbourne Cup. So second Tuesday in November, um, the indications are he is going to the race. So he is with tab.com.au, the $5 second favourite at Cooter is the favourite yet to race in Australia, Akuta. Sad news coming out overnight that Ian Dobson, who owned the great Christian Cullum uh, and Mainland Banner, owns New Zealand's best trotter muscle mountain and does own Akuta, races in those famous green colours. Ian passed away. So he had been sick for a little while. I saw him three or four months ago and he had had his struggles. So our condolences to his family. But of course, for many people, um, Christian Cullum and that era of harness racing is one of the things they remember most about Harold Park and the Miracle Mile when he came out and, and that great call of Danny Campbell let him down. Um, Danny, of course, who drove Christian Cullen that Miracle Mile also sadly passed away, kicked by a horse about a decade ago. So some sad after stories to one of the great horses in harness racing. Just talking about Victoria Cup night, Act Now was good. The Miracle Mile when a catch a wave was even better, and once again, Leap to Fame had to sit parked, and he was beaten into third, but incredibly brave. He remains the $2.50 favourite for the Inter-Dominion pacing final. This year, that'll be in Brisbane, Albion Park, on December the 16th. Swayze has now moved into second favouritism, with the tab at 7.5, and act now, the Victoria Cup winner, $11 third favourite. Catch a wave is equal on that line, but he is not going to be going to the Inter-Dominions in Queensland. So the Inters a touch later this year, beginning on December the 1st, and the final, after three rounds of heats at Albion Park, uh, will be on the 16th uh, up there in Brisbane. Rock and Roll Do was also good the other night. He is in the market too at $14. But Catch a Wave, the horse out of the Victoria Cup, trifecta, who we know will not be heading to the Inter-Dominions. Swayze would have to head there via New Zealand, where he'll race in that New Zealand Cup. Our apologies, we couldn't get hold of Cameron Hart. He probably needs some sleep after a very long weekend before he heads to Penrith today. So Penrith this afternoon, a very rare Monday afternoon meeting for them. Kicks off at nine minutes past two. We roll into Tabcourt Park, Menangle tomorrow, on to Young tomorrow night, Bathurst on Wednesday, and of course, big racing at Menangle this Saturday night, but the big one coming up, Sunday week, Family Fun Day, and Breeders' Challenge Finals Day. I know it's been a massive weekend for everybody. That aside from all of the action we just spoke about, um, amazing story coming out of New Zealand today, um, a punter in a promotion with the New Zealand TAB. The promotion was free to enter. You only got one shot at it. Managed to pick the entire field for the Everest home in the right order. Now, the chances of doing that, if all horses have equal chances, which they probably don't, but theoretically they do, 
theoretically the chances of doing that in the correct order for all 12 horses are over 479 million to one. The punter got one free shot at it. He got it right. And from the New Zealand TAB, he will get $10 million. So one of the biggest wins in racing history by a punter, I'm sure there's been bigger, but obviously I'm sure they've outlaid more. It wasn't a bet. It was a promotion, a $10 million winner on the Everest, ironically winning more than the connections and the slot holders of the horse itself. So remarkable numerical against the odds story coming out of New Zealand. I'm sure Dave and Ray and all the boys touched on it this morning, but quite amazing stuff. An Auckland-based man it was, who won $10 million today. <laughs> the Everest, oh, it just keeps on producing these amazing stories, um, some of them even in other countries, and some of them which, well, are 479 million to one. That's why we love the great game, that's why we love our racing, and that's why we enjoy talking about it so much here on Sky Sports Radio. That's On The Pace, done for a Monday morning. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us. I know you've heard lots of racing jibber and jabber over the last couple of weeks, so it's nice to talk to you about the harness racing. Hope you enjoyed your wonderful weekend. The next On The Pace, back here at 10.30 on Wednesday morning with Brittany Grant.